Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. You're really going to enjoy today's episode. We have Dr. Christopher Phelps. The Christopher Phelps, the same Christopher Phelps, who's in with Drew Burns that does the membership dental membership direct program. He's going to talk a little bit about the memberships, but he's going to talk a lot about marketing. He's got a brand new textbook out and he calls it a textbook. It's 350 pages. And we're going to go into a lot of details there that I think are commonly asked questions I always see. How do you get new patients? How do you find them? What does it mean by target market? Some of those, I think, really good, simple things, but I think once you have a better understanding of it, you'll feel more confident in what you're doing. Today's episode, as always, is sponsored by Kettenbach Dental. They have a brand new line of composites. It's called Vesalis Flow and Vesalis Fill. They're both light-cured nano-hybrid. They're filled at 80% with both the fill and the flow versions using this technology with high polishability that you desire in an aesthetic restorative. It also has very high durability and strength, which makes this an ideal composite for all your anterior and posterior needs. It's available in the Flex Shade System, which is just shades A1 through A4 that cover the entire Vita Classic Shade, plus a bleach and an opaque shade. To learn more or to order, simply contact your local Kettenbach rep, 877-532-2123. Or if you prefer online, check out their webpage at kettenbach-dental.us. And tell them Sunny sent you know, just kidding, because you'll get a higher price. Talk to Dan, talk to the great people at Kettenbach. They're wonderful. Hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, click like, share it with your friends, subscribe all forms social media and we also have the video version that's available on our facebook you don't want to miss this one thanks everybody my name is drew burns and i'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy we believe that the standard of care is just not good enough we demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients we believe that the best way no the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms if you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet, our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door, and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns, and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. Dr. Sonny Spira, today's guest, is a familiar guest. I know he's spent a lot of time with Drew, and I've been able to get him and Drew, I think, on one time, talking about the Dental Membership Direct Program. It's Dr. Christopher Phelps, and uh, welcome, Chris. How you doing? Good, Sonny. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. Uh, you have a book out now? Do I understand? 
I do. Yeah. You know, my first book was on membership plans, you know, how to grow your dental membership plan. And uh, I got so excited about that one. I decided to write a textbook. <laughs> so this, the latest book I wrote, which got published this past year is called uh, the complete book on dental marketing. All right. Well, not an incomplete one, not a partial one. This is the complete book. The complete book. And the reason I say that is, is because yeah. it, it is a textbook. It's 350 pages. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, when I started thinking about marketing in general, what I want to write about, you know, there's obviously the, there's one side of the marketing coin, as I call it. It's the, how do you generate an unlimited number, uh, quantity and quality of new patients to reach your practice goals, whatever that is, right? So that's half the battle right there, right? Getting the leads in the door, lead generation. But then you're not done, right? Because there's this other side of the coin in marketing and such, which I call the lost opportunity side, because you know if you can't answer the telephone, if you can't make an appointment for the patient, and if they don't show, it costs you more in marketing to make up for that inefficiency, right? Or let's say they do show, right? You made the appointment and they show, but then we don't, they don't say yes to treatment. Okay. Well, then it's going to cost us more in marketing to make up for that fact. Or God forbid, they maybe they said yes to treatment, but then we lose them out the back door through attrition or what other means. They go elsewhere. A study show it costs you four times as much to replace an existing customer than to keep the person that you got. Right. So I want to really want to write something that focused in on both sides of this coin. So not only how do we get the number and quality of the people we need, but how do we not screw it up along the way? Okay. Uh, let's dive into it a little bit then. Let's talk about the first portion because that's the most common question I see on almost everywhere. And, and everybody wants, hey, just give me the silver bullet. Just give me, you know, just give me that magic pixie dust that I can sprinkle and magically, I'll have 10 patients walk in and ask me to perform whatever procedure I want, call it implants, and I'm going to pay full cash and I'm going to refer 10 more people to you. Can you just send me, you know, 10 of those a week? Yes. So, yeah, I can definitely do oh, that. You can, all right, good, good, good. Let me, let me, it's, I got to write this down. <laughs> it's, yeah. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. That's called golden goose scheduling. Look, at answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your damn telephone and guess what? That will happen. Um, but seriously, so when I hear that, because doctors ask me that all the time too, you know, what's that one thing I can do to get X number of patients? And I'm like, it reminds me growing up and uh, my dad on a weekend would wake me up at the in pitch black dark outside, it's four in the morning. Next thing you know, about an hour later, I'm sitting on a deer stand in the middle of the woods, freezing my tail off, right? Wondering what am I doing up in this thing? And I've got this all this camouflage and I got a gun. It's like, what is going on here? And I'm supposed to hang around and put all this time, effort, energy, uh, hoping that this deer is going to come by me sometime today. And hoping that I'm a good enough shot that if I shoot at it, I'm going to hit the stupid thing, right? Which I never did and <laughs> never was able to. So I, I I look at that when that question as people are asking me, hey, what deer stands should I sit in? When should I point the gun? Where should I point it? Tell me when to shoot, right? And it's like, that's not how marketing works. 
I know that's how you think it works and how it should be, but that's ultimately not how marketing works. How marketing works is it's like going fishing, but you're fishing with multiple fishing poles. Meaning I'm going to spend a little bit of money spread out into multiple different parts of this pond. All of them well tracked so that when the fish start biting, I'm going to keep feeding that, that pole. If it's not biting on this line over here, I'm going to pull up stake and go fish elsewhere. Right. So tracked very well. So I know when the fish are biting, I go all in. And when they're not biting, I'm going to pull up stakes and try something different. So, you know, there's the reason they say don't put all your eggs in one basket. So there, there is no one thing that will get you there, but there, I could probably help people find four or five things that will get them, say, 20 new patients each with a return that's at least three or four times what they spent to get those people to get to 100 new patients, if that's what their number is, right? So it's more fishing with multiple poles, not sitting in the deer stand. Okay. So let's, let's, let's take it, uh, let's use some concrete examples then. So let's say uh, practice, you know, suburbs of Chicago. So it's a suburban area. It's, it's not light on dentists. There's plenty of dentists. So it's not that there's no competition. There's plenty of competition. Um, So it's partial since this fee for service practice dentist podcast, let's say it's a 50 50 it's 50 percent insurance base 50 percent is fee for service and they're looking to increase their fee for service patient base what are some of the things that they might want to experiment with or what would be some of the questions you'd ask me if you need to get started like we're going to role play you know i'd say first question is do you have a dental membership plan uh we've talked about it i really haven't put it in place yet okay uh, if you had one, it'd be a lot easier to find those people. That'd be the first thing I would tell them. Okay. okay. Uh, in the absence of that, that's okay. Uh, you can still get your message out there to those people. Um, the next thing I would ask them is what services do you really want to promote? Like, what do you want to do more of in this practice? So, you know, basically okay. trying to get what patient are we looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Tar- target a little bit. Right. So, all right. Okay. So we'll play along. So, yeah, I want, I want to do some more. Crown and bridge cases, and I want to do some more um, Invisalign stuff. I want to do some more, um, you know, orthodontics. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, short-term ortho, long-term ortho. Okay, you're going to have to help me out there. So short-term is like Invisalign Express, right? It's like six months or less yeah. versus more comprehensive orthos, like could be up to two years of treatment. Okay, yeah. let's stick to uh, let's stick to the short-term for right now. Let's say that, yeah. I want to be in and out six, six to eight months. All right. Perfect. So the last thing I'd ask you is, all right, if you think about the last couple of patients who said yes to this procedure that you've done, uh, did you ever ask them why they did it? The Doc Sites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts, transparent pricing, and great customer service, starting at only $59 a month. They also provide optional online marketing packages to help increase your online visibility. For special offers, including up to 25% off your website setup, text fee for service to 818-489-9823. 818-489-9823. This is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings and visit Doc Sites for more information. Hmm. That's a really good question, Chris. Uh, did I... <laughs> Now I'm thinking of myself. Now I'm internalizing it, right? 
So the answer is no, I didn't ask them why they did it. I can I can probably take a guess as to why. You know, they had an event coming up, uh, someone was getting married, they had they had brought it up, it maybe wasn't initiated by us, or we had talked about it over the years, and now they were like, Okay, uh, I'm gonna do something about this. Yeah. Um, so then the absence of knowing like specifically why they said they did it, because many right. times when you ask that question, uh, and usually the best time to ask it is the day you start that treatment, right? That's when you're gonna get the most honest answer. Uh, you will hear a pattern. You you will hear something that will stand out to you that, through a few of those people, and that's marketing gold, right? So, for instance, one time a patient of mine, when I asked her, I was like, "So, why did you choose us over other people?" And she said, "Well, I like the fact that you guys marketed. You do comprehensive services." And she goes, "I've been to five different dental offices and with specialists and whatnot, and the right hand's not talking to the left hand." Nobody can give me a straight answer and a plan. But what I liked about you guys was it looks like you do it all here. So I'm probably going to get one plan here. And I thought, man, that's fantastic. And I asked a different patient later on that said something similar to that. Mm -hmm. So then it gave me the best marketing tagline that I've used. You don't have to go to four or five offices to get your dental work done. Why? Because that was the headline, right? Why? Because we offer comprehensive care. There's, you know, we offer this and that and that. Then I could go into promoting the services that we all offered, sedation and whatnot. So when your target market speaks, it's marketing gold. In the absence of that, then you have to think about it. Then what problem does the person have that this thing you want to do more of solves, right? And how you solve their problem, that's what we're going to use to find more of them in your marketing messaging. Right. So again, so one of my patients, the reason that she chose the Invisalign was because uh, at time zero, she didn't think her smile looked that bad. Right. Even though I saw her ortho was relapsing because she wasn't wearing her retainers. And uh, I made the mistake on a questionnaire, my new patient questionnaire that said, ask your uh, rate your smile one to 10. And so unless you're a cosmetic uh, dental practice, that is the worst question you can ask a patient. <laughs> Because the majority of them will say the same thing. They'll rate it seven, 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 seven. So seven is what? Seven is not the worst in the world, but it's not the best. It's better than average. Mm -hmm. So when you, they lock themselves in this mindset that my teeth and smile are fine, it's better than average. Then you come at them and say, well, don't you want to make these improvements? Why? It's better than average, right? It's a hard upsell, if you will. It's a hard mindset to shake. So I had made that mistake with her. And then now years later, she was in full ortho relapse and now it was full treatment. So, you know, for instance, I was able to use why she came in. She said, I should have listened to you then. If I only knew then what I knew now, I would have moved then. So I luckily, thank God, I had pictures of her case 10 years prior. And now I had pictures of her today. And then that is now what I use for my content, right? I tell that cautionary tale. And that is going to resonate with people who don't realize that, hey, teeth don't stay put, right? They keep moving. <laughs> and if you don't like the way they look today, they're going to keep on moving, so to speak. So it gives you great gold that you can use in, again, spread out over different mediums now. So I'm going to test that story. I'll tell that story on my radio ad, right? I'm going to put that photo in, in my magazine ad. Right. I'm going to put that on my website to see if that's where I'm going to get people. I'm going to put that in a, in a Google paid ad, if you will. I'll track to see where does that resonate? Because 
the story I always tell people like radio, for instance, when I first started doing radio ads and I was promoting my general dental practice, nobody cared. <laughs> I didn't get any calls. It was very little volume. So, you know, as soon as I changed my message to talking about sedation and talking about our extended hours, we were open after hour, like till 7 p.m. each night. So after work hours, we were open on Saturdays. Uh, suddenly, everybody and their grandmother started coming from the radio because that's where that target market, they were, that was the message they needed to hear. Right. So again, if you want to find more of these people, we need to know what messages are going to resonate with them. And then it's just experimenting to find out what medium they're using to get their information. Gotcha. It's what I, what I'm liking about this is, you know, you're, you're listening, you're taking information and it's not cookie cutter. Yes. Right. It's not, Here's the plan. Here's here's the magic letter. Here's the magic pixie dust. You follow this, regardless of who you are and what you what you do. You know, like I could have used ten different examples, and I'm sure the angle would be a little different. But the intent is learn your market, learn your patients, needs, desires. Finish that. So let's ask. Let's hit. Uh, let's hit on this then, because you just mentioned. Radio ad, TV ad, magazine ad. Um, talk a little bit about getting. Let's say, let's say I'm sitting listening to this podcast, and and I don't do a lot of marketing. I, I get a lot of internal referrals from my patients, and I'm thinking about it because I'm getting calls from the radio station, the TV station, and you know I'm thinking, well, what if I did that? What 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 would the average person have to kind of understand before they did that? Because tracking, I don't think, is as easy as it sounds to some people. So talk a little bit about just getting into it, just dipping your toe. And how do you, how would someone venture out for the first time in those medias? So with radio there, you got three options, right? You can record your own commercial. Uh, you can pay the standard radio announcer guy to record your commercial, or you can do what they call the celebrity endorsement, meaning, uh, and that's what kind of I was driven towards. So this I call in the book under authority marketing. Okay. So either you're presented as the authority or the medium presents you as the authority or an authority is recommending you. It's kind of the three categories. So I don't recommend you recording your own commercial because it usually comes across like, well, I'm Dr. Phelps. Come on down to see me. I'll take good care of you. All right. Thank you for having me on today. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Not everybody has a voice for radio. Let's put it that way. I got a face for uh, radio. <laughs> I, exactly. Right. And uh, I've been told that a few times. Um, and I don't really like the standard radio announcer voice because people have learned to tune that out. Just like when, you, when the people read that still read the newspaper, they don't read the advertisements, they block them out, right? But they look at read specific sections of the newspaper. So when the radio is on and my song goes off and that standard voice comes on, people tune out. Okay, they're gone. So that's not going to grab their focus and attention. And that's really what this is about. What's going to grab people's focus and attention, snap them out of whatever's distracting them and get them to focus on what you're about to say. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's that's gold that's, right there. That's yeah. half of marketing. OK, and yeah. it's probably the hardest part to do. So I like the standard or the uh, celebrity endorsers, which means you get the person on a popular radio station who their demographic fits your target market that you're looking for. OK, say that. They say that one more time. Say that so line the radio one. stations target a popular radio station in your area whose whose demographic, meaning their listener, 
also happens to be in your target market, meaning age, female, male, geographic sure. region, money, whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's where you go to those people who do the drive into work show or the drive from home work show, because people listen to those things. They focus in on those things and they love those announcers and they look at them as their experts. They're, mm -hmm. That's their Oprah locally. Okay. Right. So that's your celebrity endorsement, right? They're famous, so to speak, but they're basically, it's a paid referral when they recommend me. So like when I went to the Matt and Ramona show here in Charlotte, you know, uh, instead of the morning show, uh, the morning show was like 25,000 a month. And I was like, shit, I don't want to do that. But all right, this Matt and Ramona is 14,000. Okay, I'll try that, right? And they would do a live commercial for me during their afternoon show uh, three times a week. And then they did recorded commercials for me, which played whenever, all over the place. Um, and that, to me, is what's going to give you the biggest buck. So when I would ask people, well, how did you hear about us? And they kept saying the Matt and Ramona show. And I, and I kept asking them this question. So what do you like about Matt and Ramona? And the way they described them, they thought they were their friends. I mean, many of them, I actually asked them, I was like, do you know them personally? Because it sounds like you do, because they're telling me everything about them. They're like, no, no, I'm just a fan. So that's what I realized. It's like a, in their mind, it's a it's a direct referral. Well, Matt Ramona said to go there. So yeah, that's where I'm going to go. And you definitely, whoever's doing your ads, you got to do dental work on them so they speak from the heart. That's the other thing I did. Okay, even though I didn't make any money off of it, I just took their insurance, which mm -hmm. was nothing. <laughs> well, I know. But, yeah. And now when Matt is on there telling his story about how I did twenty teeth on him and he woke up with a brand new smile and because the sedation had no memory of it. That story resonates with people, right? Yeah, that's because, a strong, that's a very strong referral. That's a very strong direct referral, yeah. Yes. So even though it costs more, I got more than that back in a return in the number of patients and the, the cases I was able to do. Mm -hmm. So I would upgrade in that sense as long as you're clear on what you're trying to present. And like I said, and that messaging was key because even with Matt and Ramona, just talking about general dentistry didn't do it. But the sedation, the Invisalign, the hours – you know, the right message is the other piece you need to make sure you dial in. So do you, do you, do you yeah. give that to them? Say, hey, make this part of the message and then they write it or do you write the ad? No, I basically I gave them the message. <laughs> OK. And I spent a lot of time trying to think of that in the book. I call it your seven pillars of marketing. It's like, who's your target market? What's that message that's going to the headline that's going to grab their focus and attention? Because, again, if you if you don't do that, you've lost them already. Uh, then you can figure out the content that's in the, the advertisement. You got to have uh, the offer is important because offer will breed the quality of the person who shows up to your practice, meaning are they going to be a price shopper or are they going to be somebody who's going to be here six months from now and be a recurring patient, right? Who's going to pay my full fees in some capacity. Uh, you got to know how to add influence and persuasion to these things, how to um, how to track these things, so to speak. So there's multiple layers there you need to understand um, in those those pillars. Um, and even though I wasn't necessarily doing the ad, because I knew that I could dictate that to the radio people to do on my behalf. Because truthfully, the radio people were really good at selling me on their radio ads, but they had no idea how to find my target market. Not really. Well, I got two questions that you generated. The first thing I want to hit on, because I, I briefly mentioned it before, tracking. Yes. It's hard to track. What, what would be your advice to me? How do you track something like that? So you have to do call tracking. Okay. And so there's 
couple of ways you can do this. So in my mind, you know, there's a company called Patient News out there. And I don't get anything for saying this, but they have the best call tracking program available today. Okay. And it's through their practice Zebra software. And it tr- it really tracks marketing like I think marketing should be tracked because you need to know, are you answering the phone or not, right? Missed calls. And if not, there's a pattern. You got to know why. So you can do something about it. Number two is, uh, did we make an appointment, right? What's our conversion ratio? And if we're not making an appointment, we need to know why, okay? Because that's the only way you can actually do training for people and they can do better and learn. So we got to know the why. Next thing is, well, where do these ads really come from? So when any advertisement you do, let's say you're doing direct mail, you've got uh, a radio ad, you've got, uh, and you've got your website all going at the same time. Instantly, because your direct mail and radio are going, your calls from your website tracking number are going to skyrocket automatically. Okay. And your SEO person is going to love it. And they're going to go, hey, look what I did for you. No, you didn't. (laughs) Because people, again, they're driving down the road. They may have liked something about what they heard, but they can't write your number down. But they go later and Google it and find your website. And then they just call from the number in front of them. Same thing. Thing, people may get your direct mail, they like something about it, but then they go to your website to satisfy their search or curiosity. And if that satisfies them, then they pick up the phone and call from the website number. They don't know what your phone number is. Okay. So what I wanted to do was give credit back to where credit's due. So I want to know the true ad source. So the number one question team members need to ask of any potential new patient is, how did you hear about us? Right. And if something they said doesn't match up from the number they're calling from, we got to give credit back to where credit's due. So I would take away credit from the radio or from the website when people would say, how did you hear about us? And they'd say, hey, Matt and Ramona, Matt and Ramona. Well, that's not the website. That's not my Google ads. That's not SEO. That's yeah. Cause Matt and Ramona, like you said, Matt and Ramona are driving them to the website. So mm-hmm. the website is secondary. Secondary. It's the yellow pages of today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but the web, but the website's getting fed, and the yes. lead generation is coming from because that's really what you want to know. That's where you're spending probably the lion's share of your dollars are on these external referral things. Exactly. And the last piece is you got to know the name of the patient, and you got to track what they spend over a period of time. So then I can say, hey, if it costs me a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars for this ad, and I got ten people, it costs me a thousand bucks a piece to get them. And if these were sedation patients and they each spent $3,500 on average with me sure. and it cost me a thousand to get them, I win. Mm-hmm. Right. Then how many times would you keep, keep hitting that button? As many times yeah, as I can. Yeah. That goes back to the old, like, you know, yellow pages days, listen, it costs you a thousand dollars to run a yellow page ad. And if you have 10 patients that come in for yellow, for the yellow page ad and 10 of them have toothache emergencies, and to do nothing, but you get, you know, so that's a, just an office visit. And then you have, you know, four that do the root canals and the crowns and four that do the extractions. What would you make? You know, what does that tell you? Well, you brought in $15,000 from a thousand dollar ad. Yep. Double, double your ad, you know, like, like not, not don't do it, you know, but you should probably look at it. So this, this becomes a little bit different in that there's more, pathways that you have to keep track of. And that tracking system I mentioned is the one of the only ones that gives you all of that data without you having to go get it yourself. And that's really what I needed. So no, it's I, a I software 
It's a, did software. You say it's a software. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually a combination. It, most of it is a software listening to the phone calls and generating, pulling this data out of it. But then some of the softwares, uh, because it's uh, it doesn't understand slang or if there's any... It's got to be artificial intelligence, right? It's got to be AI. Yeah. yeah. And if there's, if there's background noise, sometimes the software can't understand what's happening. So they supplement it with live people listening to fill in the data. So you get the whole picture. That's what I like about it. And I love the fact that I didn't have to go get it. <laughs> it's just right there in front of me. So, yeah. Yeah, because it would be very tedious to go... It would. It even because even the best laid plans in a busy office, you got five things going. The person answers phone, they may not ask. You know, they won't. In fact, until I actually printed that statement out and taped it to the phones, that was the only thing that got my team to remember that they needed to ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. until, it became, until it became a habit. Gotcha. But did you have tracking at that point, at least of how many new patient or new people phone the office? Like, did you did you have that data? Like, you know, listen, we had. 10 calls from new people. No. Well, here's here's how the conversation went prior to tracking. So uh, how'd that radio ad do? Well, we got a couple calls. Dang, that's it? Man, I think it was expensive. After tracking, same thing for my team. We got a couple calls. What is the fact? Well, actually, we got 20 calls from the radio. We didn't answer 12 of them. Didn't pick up. Went to voicemail, whatever. Uh, and then of the eight we talked to, we only made two appointments out of eight. So guess what? We got a couple of calls. <laughs> right. Knowledge is king. So that allowed you to reinforce that, hey, we're not even asking how to hear about it or no. Yeah, because I track that as well. Uh, are we asking that question or not? Um, I would I would track stuff like, did my team member give their name to the person on the phone? I mean, yeah. it's like based on the data I collected uh, in offices, like there's a 40% chance you will not make the appointment if your team member doesn't give their name to that right. person. And you'd be surprised. Most offices are shocked how many times their team members don't offer up their name. Mm-hmm. And how many times they don't get the name of the person calling. That's that's a big thing for that's me. Too. I'd like to see <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about strong. it all the time. All right. So the second thing I want to ask you about going back to, so we talked a little bit about tracking there. Hopefully that helps some people out. No, it helped me. And you know, you can help me, you can help anybody. So now target market. Yes. So let's talk to me. I'm a new dentist. I'm in it. I just want to, I just want to get going. Right. You want a pulse. <laughs> yeah. So, pulse. yeah. So, so help us help me understand the definition of target market and how I might better either identify or improve or or activate my target market. How, how can I better understand what that means to me? Yeah. Great question. So for me, target market is simply who do you want more of? Okay. Uh, And the more specific and the better you get at categorizing that person, the easier it will be to find them. The more generic it is, believe it or not, the harder it is to find that person. Okay. So as a person starting out, literally, they just may want somebody with a pulse. Okay. Uh, But again, that's why we tend to fall for this special thing. Like if I offer a $99 special, I'm going to get people in the chair and that makes me feel good today, but it's breeding the wrong quality person. And if they're gone tomorrow and they're never coming back because they're on to the next special, I guess that helped me, but did it right? Because you're in this 
hamster wheel kind yeah, of you're thing. on a hamster wheel it just took the words out of my mouth yeah yeah so no it doesn't right so who do you really want more of okay and if you're an established practice it could be just simply pulling that demographic data from your practice management software are your is your patient base uh baby boomers is it the majority millennials is it gen x what is it are they working are they not working are they male are they female um, like I said, the more categories I can create for them and buckets, if you will, to put them into, then I start to see more of a pattern. So just looking at mine, just in, innately, uh, I drew more seniors, more retirees, more baby boomers. And then I realized the people, when I went back and then, uh, you can also say, if you want to look at niches, right, maybe you just want to look at and do certain procedures like Invisalign or implants or whatever, then what I would look at is go back and look at the last 20 people that said yes to that procedure or the last people that spent the most money in your practice. Who were they last year? What do they look like in that? That's, that's a really, that's a really good point for someone who's not, who's not really dialed in yet to say, all right, well, who, who, who's spending the money? Exactly. And I guarantee you, look at where they live, right? What if you yeah. found, oh, holy crap, they all live in the same neighborhood. Like I did when there was a 3,500 uh, homes in this 55 and older active independent living retiree community, six miles from my practice. So guess what that tells me? Where do I need to be? No, you need to be knocking on doors. You need to pull the Howard Ferran, get your balloons yeah. up. Oh, well, that's what I, yeah. And that's what I wrote my first book on doing, going to do wine and cheese events at those communities. <laughs> okay. So I was all over them like white on rice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but you identified it though but i identified it right and i was strategic about where now you could pick your medium more strategically because any place those people are whatever get, they're using for information so their neighborhood magazine was suddenly a perfect place yeah. to advertise and yeah probably not listening to podcasts right right but, but boy you know we can hit them on some of these because what the one thing we found, we're trying to figure out like with with scheduling and a confirming. Because we've had a, a string where people not showing, and it's yeah. interesting. Been doing more phone calls rather than texts and et cetera, and they're reaching more people. And when they reach people at a certain age, the person will say, "Oh yeah, I got it on my calendar, right?" Mm-hmm. And you know exactly what that means, right? That's that hanging calendar is probably from the grocery store or the school district, right? And they got that date circled. As opposed to the person who's a little more tech, we'll call it tech savvy. It's not really calendar per se. So now I'm trying to say, how do we make that calendar equal this calendar, right? This pocket calendar. So anyway, interesting, interesting point. Keep going. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no. And and ultimately it just gets to the more specific you can be about who you're trying to target and who that mark, who do you want more of? Uh just like we just said, you get better ideas strategically on how to find them. So the story I always tell people is, you know, the best ad I ever did to find implant patients, right? And it's my been always been my go-to move when I want more big implant cases was I, I put an advertisement in the obituary section of the newspaper. Why do I do that, right? You're like, well, who's crazy. looking at bits? Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's why, right? Why? Because one time I asked my patient, just curious, you know, I'm, I, I was poking at him and he was retired. And I was like, what do you do all day? I bet you just sit around the house doing nothing. And he said, well, doc, you know, every day I get out of bed, 
I get the newspaper and I read the obituary section. And if I'm not in there, I keep on going. <laughs> and I thought, that's pretty good. And but I asked him the truth there. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what I, I, I told that story to my associate later. And I thought, huh, I wonder if there's some truth to that. Yeah, yeah right. Joking, but not joking, right? Right. So yeah. I had another patient in the chair, a female, same age range. And I said, Mr. Jones, this is going to sound weird. Don't take offense, but did you ever read the obituary section of the newspaper? She was like, yeah. It's like, how often? She's like, every day. I'm like, dang, why? She goes, well, honestly, I'm looking to see if my friends are dead. I was like, ooh, wow. But confirmation nonetheless, right? So sure enough, you do that. So then I started noticing uh, out of all these people that came in from the obituary ads, and then I noticed a new pattern interviewing them. They had all been to a popular uh, corporate run implant center that was 20 minutes down the road from my practice. Okay. So this group will usually in our areas and most markets spend about 100000 a month in marketing to fill patients there. And they on average have about a 20% close rate. Okay. So what I hear is that means 80% of the people walking out of that place like what they heard, but didn't like something. Yeah. And if people showed up to me with that mindset, that's them. That's my target market. I know what's a good message because by default, I randomly happen to be 20% less on the same thing in my practice without even realizing it. So that's why they were saying yes to me. Once I figure that out, out and now I know the right message, what medium could I use to attract them? Well, the best time to get them is when? When they're walking out of that place. When they left, right? yeah. So, so a billboard on the way out. Billboard on the back of a truck. Because there wasn't a billboard. If there's a billboard there, perfect, right? But so I had to bring the billboard to them. <laughs> okay. And as long as it doesn't park, it's completely legal. <laughs> so say that again. So a billboard on the back of a truck. Yep. Is it parked at your office? No, no. It just drives around. It drives around their office. So you got an Uber. The... You got a permanent Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's the right no, market. No. In you know, the next step, right? The next step is put on there. Hey, if you need a ride to, to the office, yeah. just flag, flag me down. I'll take you there. Yeah. Well, that was my ad in the retirement communities because uh, I knew that was a barrier. I said, can't can't get to us. I'll pick you up. And I'll, I'd send Uber to get them. Yeah. 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 yeah but now you got the, the guys driving around in, in, the, in the advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Wave you me know. down if you need a ride. Put your hand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it's just uh then the truck that follows the billboard is the truck with all the seats in the back to everybody to get into. There you go. There you go. Don't worry, the cut the, the, the car's right behind you. <laughs> yeah. But it's this idea is once you really understand who your target market is and you see that pattern of where they're gonna be or what they're looking at, then that's where it gives you ideas on how to put your messaging. You know, that's creative, you know, like that's that's customized creativity. Based on, but it's based on knowledge. It's coming from a, a position of knowledge, and I think that's what's lacking. So I'm going to extrapolate a little bit and say, number one, first thing that a lot of dentists should do is do a little deep dive into their data, right? Get to understand who the hell their practice is, right? Definitely. It, and start. Okay, let's take your example. Start with the. Okay, who's spending the most money? Okay. Most, right? Let's Whatever. do that. Let's and exactly. Here's your biggest refers, and then let's look at procedures. Let's break down restorative. Let's break down operative. Let's break down endodontics. Let's break down orthodontics. You know, let's break down those things, 
That's that's those are some great tips that I think are very very helpful. And, so and the next time those folks are in your chair before you get started, hey, I'm just curious. You didn't have to do this. It's kind of expensive. Why are you doing this? <laughs> that's and that's a great tip. Like a big note. Hopefully, I can implement that. I'm going to try yeah. to. So, the target market is is a lot of data collection, and it's if nothing else, and then you start to hone it. Well, let's let me ask you this now. Let's say my sweet spot is okay, seniors, implants, etc. I want to go after generation. I don't know the 25, 25 to thirty five year old group, the young professionals. Yeah. Right. We brought in a young doc. We want to get more people that maybe he assimilates, he or she assimilates with. What would your advice be there? So you're kind of going after an, I don't know if I want to call it unfamiliar, but it's not a sweet spot for the practice. Right. So for that, again, it goes back to uh, picture some of the people that are that age range that are existing patients already. And again, when when my target market is sitting in my chair and I realize this is someone, a type I want more of, then just no matter how busy I am, I stop and focus on them and I'm asking all kinds of questions. Hey, what are you into? What are you watching these days? You know, smartphones, are you a Facebook person? You love the, the IG? You're on TikTok? Oh, I spend 30 hours a week on TikTok. And if I hear that from that person at that age range two or three times... Guess where I'm going to put my head? Mm -hmm. We're going to have a TikTok thing. And to do that, crap, it's got to be funny. So now I got to get my young team members to help me do this damn thing. <laughs> right. Let's let's make this creative. Let's do something that will grab again. If you don't grab people's focus and attention, you have no chance to influence them your direction. So how much time do you think you got to grab their attention? Five seconds, three seconds, 10 seconds. That's it. Really? 10 seconds. 10 seconds tops. So that's why, times, especially in. Yeah, I was saying that's why if it's a print ad, it's your headline, right? The headline has got to grab them or they're because we just scan everything. So if it doesn't catch the scan filter, so to speak, they're not going to look and read more. If they're listening on the radio and the radio announcer comes on, guess what? They tune out. You just lost them like that versus Matt and Ramona's on there. Oh, OK. You know, so it's it's a very short amount of time you have to grab that focus. So. So if you're doing that, let's talk more specifically. You're doing TikTok videos. Do you have a time, like a minute and a half? Do you have a, in your mind, if you're creating that, do you have a window you want to keep it into? Yeah, definitely. Because when people watch video, again, it's something crazy has got to happen in the first few seconds to make them, because most of the time, even on those things, they're scrolling through a hundred other videos they could be watching. So something has got to grab that focus and make them stop the scroll and go, oh, what's this? And then be funny and engaging on top of that. Okay. How about if you're making ads, not, not TikTok, let's say you're making an ad for a Facebook or an Instagram or real or what have you yeah. same rules or what, 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 what changes there? Uh, I guess again, knowing what to the messaging you're going to put on there make sure it's going to resonate with your target market. Um, Let's let's talk about your seniors. Let's say let's say you got your seniors, which apparently is a huge Facebook user group now. So let's yeah. say you want to go after them with Facebook ads, Perfect. and you're going to use some videos. You're going to create some reels. You want to get it in front of them or paid ads or, or however it goes. What are some of the What are some of your advices? Is what is some of your advice on that? 
Three minutes, so, two minutes. Yeah, very short as always. But right now, the, on any kind of online medium and video, two of the big principles that help you out are the authority principle and social proof. So obviously we need experts and people to give testimonials and speak about how they can trust us. And they see evidence that a lot of others are doing this. It's important. So something I would do is I'd have one of my target market, one of my retirees standing there next to me. And I'd say, hey, Mr. Jones, thanks for doing this with us. Tell the people out there, what do you think about this crazy? I know you didn't have dental insurance before you came to us. Why would you buy our membership plan? Just let everybody know. And I would just let them tell that story because what I found out from these people is when they the, the retirees, they lost their dental insurance when they retired. And then because they go into this fixed income, the scarcity mindset, they've got X amount of money and it's ticking away every month. They try to hold on to it like harder. So they don't want to pay for dental insurance. Well, because our culture is so ingrained in us that you have to have insurance to go see any doctor, us included, because they don't have insurance, they now don't go for any reason. So the membership plan gets, I realized that was my solution to get them over that hurdle. And that's why they came in. Once I realized that, then that's what I'm putting in my ad to speak to more like them. Because I know the next barrier is when they see it, they're going to think, well, it sounds good, but what's the catch? And that generation, they have learned that when it sounds too good to be true, guess what? It, it, yeah. it typically is. So if you don't overcome that objection in your ad, it's not going to resonate. It might make them curious, but it's not going to resonate. Versus now, Mrs. Jones, someone who looks like them, is saying, yeah, when I first got this thing, you know what? I thought it was too good to be true. But you know what? I took a chance, and I got to say, I have not been disappointed. It is really one of the best deals I've ever seen, and this is a fantastic office. You guys are great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Boom. Now somebody like them who just said they had the same objection, and they just realized, they just basically said, you can trust this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, exactly. That's That's the message. Yep. This is a good place to be. Yeah. But the second message, which which you did, is is taking some of the scarcity mindset or I got to have a good deal mindset yep. and, and tagging both of those. Yeah. So the I always said the membership mindset person is basically someone who just wants to get a little something off for doing what they know they need to do. Like you just said, they want to get a deal in their mind. And that's all that means. So as long as you satisfy that mindset and give them something off in their mind, it's a win. That's all they wanted. Okay. I did that before with giving away free toothbrushes to new patients. Well, I paid their full price, but I got this free toothbrush, like the Sonicare. Okay. Well, you know, I didn't pay their full price. I got a discount. I'm on their membership plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Everybody wins in that scenario. Yeah, that was the one thing when we started our membership plan ooh, about six years ago. What's the catch? You know, and our and our team was it they they so bought into it. They were like, "There's no catch." No, like I I did that. I was lucky in the sense of doing those those talks at the retirement community once a month, and because uh, I, I I said this in the book, you know, I was like the first time I did one, I had sixty people in there. And I asked my team afterwards, I said, well, how do you think the whole, the presentation went? Right. And my team was like, man, you rocked it, man. That was fantastic. They loved it. They were drinking all the wine. Everybody was having a good time. And I was like, great. How many appointments did we make? And they were like, well, none. 
I was like, okay, well, how many membership plans did we sell? And they said none. And I was like, so how did I rock it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I thought I failed. Right. Right. And I was like, I thought it was a, a disaster. And I was like, well, shit. So then I was like, okay. But then in my head, I'm like, why? And, but I was committed. So I did it again. And but what I noticed was these certain people kept trickling in. So it did bring in some people, but that's what their barrier was. It was like, it sounded too good to be true, but the, the pioneers in the group that are willing to risk it, to test it came. And so that's why I told my team, I was like, when these folks come in, it, they have got to have a plus plus service. If they're having a bad experience, you get rid of that bad experience at any cost. Okay. You know, you know what you got, Chris, right there, right? You got your influencers. Exactly. And they have them in that age group too, just like every other generation does. That's your Kim Kardashians of the 70s. Yes. And then they go back and tell everybody, oh, it's good. It's not too good to be true. <laughs> Try and some then, space. <laughs> and then that's what, it, then it was like every time I went from that point on at like month three or four, half the room bought it on site and the other half made appointments to come buy it. Okay. Did you start to develop, um, not quotas, but objectives and goals? Like, listen, we want to sign up 30 a month or 20 a month or. No, my goal was just to go have a good event and keep building momentum. Cause it, you know, 60 people a month with 3,500 homes. And there's probably 7,000 people in that community. I probably could have built four practices around that one place. Right. Mm -hmm. And so me, it was just continuing to tap into the untapped potential as much as I could and become, and I didn't realize I ended up doing that because I did it once a month. I turned it into the social event of the community too. People were coming out because it was a party, right? Because I had, I brought good wine uh, that I'd already paid for because I'm stupid <laughs> and paid for it at a personal expense, but now I can write it off as a business expense. So that was good. So, so you didn't put like some poker chips out and some cards and let them start playing, you know, <laughs> gin rummy. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it was like, I'd have people come out that came in as patients already. So it worked, kept coming to the seminars. And I'm like, Mrs. Jones, this is like the fifth time you've heard it. It's the same presentation. It's got to be getting old. And she's got her glass of wine and she's like, no, tipping it back. She's like, I love coming to these things. Do you ever bring them up on stage and have them talk? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I started out with, well, how many of you have heard of our practice before? How many of you are patients? And then sure enough, six, seven, eight hands go up. Perfect. Because what does that now show everybody else in the room that's not a patient? Social proof. Wow, look how many people in this room that go to this community go to that guy, and they're here tonight to support him? Maybe I should, too. Mm -hmm. Stack the room a little. Yeah, well, you know, that's why we talk about the ethics of using these principles. But had I stacked the room, that would have been unethical. But it was organic. They just came. But I recognized it and tapped into it. But then, then, now let's let's one second. Now, if you invited, said, "Hey, you know, Mrs. Jones, I know you live up here. Why don't you join us for the thing?" You know, yeah, no, that's different. Uh, an invitation, one thing, right? So, uh, but I know people in our industry that are consultants that pay people to come, and they're not actually clients. And no, no, that's that. You're right. That's a whole. Yeah. That's a whole nother. Yeah. I don't know if you want, I'll call it a cesspool. That's a whole nother cesspool to go. Right. And they pull that for the first 10 who stand up and run to the back. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, okay. Good. Cause I was like, I don't think it's 
so wrong to say, hey, listen, you know, no. you guys enjoy this. It's like asking for a referral, right? Same thing. It's not it's not unethical to ask someone if you like it, send some of your friends. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up in, in a few minutes. Uh any anything you want to add either better on memberships? Uh the marketing stuff's been great. So I, I'm sure there's plenty of jewels in there. I know I got some. This old tired guy picked up a few things. So what would some of the things that uh that you think maybe you didn't cover you want to hit on? Well, like I said, I cannot under, uh, underscore the importance of having a dental membership plan in your practice. Okay. And for the many I'm, years. I'm going to second that, by the way. I, I'm fully convinced we have upwards of 800 every year. It's grown. We're about, we're kind of plateauing in about 800 number, but, and they all sign up. The the, the, the one that's hurting us is they, they now start automatically enrolling you in Medicare. That pulls them out of the plan. So. That's a one negative. But anyway, I, I'll, I'll second that. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So especially now that more doctors. Wait, wait, are finally... wait. social proof. You just had social proof right here. Yeah. Social proof. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and I didn't pay him for that, by the way. So that that's was right. That was free. That was ethical social proof, baby. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> now I'm trying to think, what was I even going to say? You were saying uh, about just having the membership plan and how everybody should. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of this inflation effect, right? You know, the I've been trying to spread this message of the fee-for-service dentist and, and how this is the business model tomorrow to doctors for so long, but they've been so stuck in the insurance game because of the social proof of how it's always been done, right? That's all. Right. That's what we and finally, through this inflation effect, and now they realize the light of day, holy crap, my expenses are astronomical and I can't charge more. Okay. And when you're doing 10 crowns and essence getting paid for three, you can't outwork that problem anymore like you used to be able to do, okay, to make up for that inefficiency. So people are now in droves more than ever I've seen coming over to the fee-for-service space, but the membership plan can help you make that transition so it doesn't cost you profitability. It doesn't have to cost you along the way. And you can still retain a good number of those insurance patients in doing so. Uh, so, but the key is, is that especially because we're down in manpower, you know, don't feel like you got to do it all yourself and keep it all in house, right? That's why I started, you know, Drew and I started Dental Membership Direct as a company for dentists to make it fair and easy to use. And so it's, if you don't have a ton of team members, Great. Guess what? You can still do this thing in your practice and make it a profit center. Uh, if you have a ton of team members on it, it makes it even easier because it's an easy software to use. So start thinking about why you need to have one of these things uh, and look. start looking at the opportunity because more and more people are going without dental insurance every year. But like I said before, because they don't have insurance, they're not coming to see us. So if you don't have something for them, you're automatically making it a whole lot harder to find your next new patient when you don't have to. But you also, to me, it's also a community service. It is. People without insurance. What are you doing for the uninsured? Oh, guess what we have? We have a plan for that. That's yep. what we're doing for the uninsured. Yep. No, I mean, they want to hit it heavy with the medical insurance. I get that. That's the big, that's the big push. Like we do our free dental care day and, and basically you know, if I if I were to write it in 1970, this is for poor people. You can't say poor people now. So it's financially disadvantaged or uninsured or people without health care. Well, you know, we use all these different verbs 
And the media picked it up. They wanted to really hammer the insurance issue. And I'm like, wait a second. Half of my practice doesn't have dental insurance. So it's not a dental insurance issue. This is a, you know, a medical issue, but really it's a poverty issue. These are people who cannot afford the services. So let's, let's, let's try to make that the message, but they want to turn it into whatever social uh, justice that they want to trump triumph, you know, but that's, that's a big thing for me is listen, in our community, we have a outreach program for uninsured people. That's a great message. Right. And so do you. Yep. And your staff love it. Right. Hey, this is what we do, you know? Yeah. So yeah, my advice to people is if you're, if you need help in that category and you don't want to work with a group, that's going to take a big hunk of your profits, (laughs) right. Then we should talk. Right. So dental membership direct. I know there's a little ad that runs every episode. Uh, Drew and, and Chris are both the owners and members of, of running that dental membership direct dental membership direct.com. Right. Yep. All right. Easy to remember. Okay. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your help and expertise. Thanks for uh, keeping me uh, on tip of my toes um, and tons of tons of information. Promise you'll come back. I would, I would really appreciate that. Yeah. I love that. Best of luck with your textbook. I know that uh, I'll probably have it. It's on Amazon, right? Or Kindle. You can get that. Electronic. Yep. Yeah. I'll probably get that in that format. Although Drew was trying to get me to use Audible, even though he doesn't realize that. He's kind of had, he's kind of using Audible. And I just downloaded the app and I'm like, damn, I should probably do this because I'm in the car a lot. And yeah, why not? So, all right. So I will see you. Thank you a million. If people want to reach you, we'll put some information in the show notes. And, and uh, that'll be at least one way they can get in touch with you. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.